One second. Oh, there I am. If you weren't awake, you are now. Again, I love that song. That song's one of the first songs I remember singing when I became a Christian. It's a very good song. Anyway, uh, so good to be with you guys this morning. Welcome. Thank you uh, for being here. My name's Josh. I'm one of the pastors. And uh, get the opportunity in the next couple of minutes to simply let you guys know about the few things that we got uh, going on and some of the stuff that has happened. Uh, but just really good to be here today. I love the kids being up here singing. Uh, when I try to, yeah, right? When you try to sing along with them and you realize there's no way I can hit that high of a, like, not even close. I'm not going to make it, but still awesome. Um, yeah, so uh, first of all, if you are a guest with us this morning, uh, I just want to welcome you. And then also in the seatbacks uh, in front of you, there's a card that says connect. If you wouldn't mind grabbing that, filling it out at some point during uh, this gathering and meeting either Melody Grant or I right out at the connections tent right out there, we would love just to say hi, get to put a name to the face, uh, get to meet you, know how we can be praying for you, answer any questions you got. So if you have that, please let us, uh, please do that and meet us out there afterwards. Uh, the next thing is, who knows what happened yesterday? <laughs> Woo! Uh, the Christmas walkthrough was yesterday. Woo! Raise your hand if you're at the walkthrough. Yeah? Dang, look at all of you. Thank you. It was awesome. It was amazing. Uh, you'll see some pictures. Yeah, those are our, our street people um, scaring people away from the walkthrough. So, street people. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, it was so amazing. Um, first of all, all of you that came, participated, uh, just showed up, helped, whatever, just thank you so much. Uh, this event was beautiful. It was super well done, super well put together, very organized. Melody, you killed it on this. You don't say it to yourself, but I got to say it. I literally walked away from that event, and the thought that came through my mind was that anyone that walked through the door, even those that were there to serve, felt loved and cared for in this room because it was so well done, it was so put together, there was so much intentionality at each little station with the individuals, you guys smiling, having a good time. We had our sandbag hype people in the corner that were screaming every once in a while. It was great, it was a beautiful event. We got to serve our community, we got to serve some of our guests that go through the pantry. Uh, you guys, it was just an amazing thing. So I love that there was lots of pictures going through there. Um, but again, all we can say is thank you. When we have events like that, there's a ton of work. Man, I cannot imagine how much work, the double checking, triple checking. Uh, but it was so worth it to see the smiles, to have the conversations, uh, just to invest some time in community. So super well done, amazing event, uh, just awesome. And next of all, men, still didn't get a grunt or anything from you guys. I'm gonna keep saying men, and I'm gonna expect some sort of response from you guys at some point. Uh, men, men, uh, we are, uh, there is a hangout uh, next Sunday on the 11th, and it's at the Glendora Marketplace. Uh, any, anyone in this room that went to the last one? Yeah, look at you guys, see? People do, now look, there's hands up, people do go, show up, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, again, you can, you can buy food there if you want, you can bring food if you want, you could just show up and just be and hang out and, and be together. So that's next week at the Glendora Marketplace on Sunday again. Uh, make sure you mark your calendar for that. That's coming up as well. And ladies, 
See, ladies are more responsive. It's just better. You guys are better than we are, let's be honest. So uh, ladies, um, the next day, the very next day after that on the 12th, see, that's planned out well, right? Like ladies stay home with the kids and you flip and then the men do, it's perfect. Uh, ladies, the next day is a women's cookie night. And man, how perfect is that? A night based around cookies. I kind of wish I could go, but Melody has told me over and over, I don't get to go to your events, and it's rude. Um, so uh, yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Uh, that is the following night, Monday night. Uh, you guys will be meeting, that's a cookie event. Uh, so make sure you guys show up for that. And then even on that Friday, another thing that's going on is Coco in the Courtyard. So that's Friday, uh, December 16th, and that's at 6.30, yes? Yep, in the courtyard, and this is super laid back. Come in cozy attire, in jammies if you want to. It doesn't matter. You're gonna have cocoa, you're gonna be hanging out, there's gonna be some singing, uh, super awesome. Just another opportunity to be together, to gather together. And if you realize in the season, there's a lot of these type of events where we get to come together as a community because we just came off a, a series where it was called 100% on mission and we talked about our mission statement to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, to follow Jesus, love people, and do good. And it is our belief, one of our core beliefs that how we do that, how we meet that goal that God has for us is within this community, rubbing shoulders with one another, having fun, laughing, working, serving, and so you see through these events, it's these opportunities to grow connections, to mutually encourage one another, because we believe that we're on mission, and mission's hard, and we need each other in that. So I just encourage you guys to participate in these things, show up, take a risk, say hi to someone, meet someone, and uh, just be a part of this community that God has placed you in. And with that, I'm going to take a little bit of time to pray, uh, and then we'll move on. Lord, I am so grateful for this morning. I'm grateful for the kiddos that we had on the stage that just singing Christmas carols, carols as well that reflect this, this, this story of you coming so many years ago, praising your name. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful sight. I pray over this season as it's joyous and fun and celebratory, but also can come with some heaviness and difficulties and reminders, Lord, whatever it is for anyone in this room, that you would meet them here this morning. I pray over Pastor Melody as she brings your word, that you would just bless her preparation and her effort, that your spirit would just speak through her to this community. Lord, that we might experience something new about you this morning. So God, we're so grateful that we have this opportunity, and we're so grateful that we get to participate uh, together in this church that you have blessed us with in praising you and worshiping you in your name. Amen. And at this point, I'd like to invite Peter and Linda up. Yeah. Trides in the house. All right, we're going to read a little bit this morning. This is from A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. When Scrooge awoke, it was so dark that looking out of his bed, he could scarcely distinguish the transparent window from the opaque walls of his chamber. He was endeavoring to pierce the darkness with his ferret eyes when the chimes of a neighboring church struck the four quarters. He listened for the hour. The hour itself, said Scrooge triumphantly, and nothing else. He spoke before the hour bell sounded, 
which it now did with a deep, dull, hollow, melancholy one. Light flashed up in the room upon the instant, and the curtains of his bed were drawn. Scrooge started up into a half-recumbent attitude, found himself face to face with an unearthly visitor who drew them. It was a strange figure, like a child, yet not so like a child as like an old man. Its hair, which hung about its neck and down its back, was white as if with age. And yet the face had not a wrinkle in it, and the tenderest bloom was on its skin. It wore a tunic of the purest white, and round its waist was bound a lustrous belt, the sheen of which was beautiful. It held a branch of fresh green holly in its hand. But the strangest thing about it was that from the crown of its head there sprang a bright, clear jet of light by which all of this was visible and, which was doubtless the occasion of its using in its duller moments, a great extinguisher for a cap which it now held under its arm. Are you the spirit, sir, whose coming was foretold to me? asked Scrooge. I am. The voice was soft and gentle, singularly low, as if, instead of being so close behind him, it was at a distance. Who and what are you? Scrooge demanded. I am the ghost of Christmas past. Long past? inquired Scrooge. No, your past. Luke one twenty six through 38. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You'll conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's Son, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Thank you, Peter and Linda. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good, yeah? Um, as Josh said, and as we recapped, just thank you to everybody who showed up yesterday, whether you were here for a lot or you're here for a little or however you came. And uh, some of you were praying specifically for the event. And just what a fun, fun event we were able to have 
I mean, truly a picture of coming together and um, just blessing others with what we can. Um, you know, I think part of the thing that I love most about these events is, like Josh said, is about the volunteers that come and that we get to know things about each other and we get to see things like, oh, wow, I didn't even think of that, but you thought of that, so great. Um, so thank you so much again for that. But I do have an award to give out today. The award for best dress. And he doesn't even know I took a, this picture exists of him, but best dress goes to Paul Calderon. Look at that guy. <laughs> I was like, Paul, I, I love that. Did you make it? Can I borrow it? I mean, I think I need that. So anyway, Paul, it was great. Everyone showed up in their holly and jolly, and it was so nice. So thank you so much again. Um, and how about a hand to our kiddos? Yeah? You know, weren't you happy to see them up here singing? Wasn't that so lovely? You know, I don't know, but around this time, uh, there's usually Christmas plays and pageants and concerts. Has anyone been to something already? Yeah, I have, I have my daughter's concert this week. Um, yes, <laughs> I'll be there. Um, you know, and sometimes here we, can, we put on a play or a pageant or whatever it is. And, um, you know, you guys sang this morning, but I think we should have a Christmas play right now. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? Yeah? But hold on a second. You guys already sang. You did your part. So I think we should get the grown-ups to do the play. Yeah? What do you think? All right. Um, so I am going to need 10 grown-up volunteers. And I'm going to call my stage moms. I have Miss Linda. I have Miss Ellie and Miss Nancy. They're going to meet you right here at the green room volunteers. Uh, okay, so raise your hand. I need 10 volunteers. Come on. Okay, I got one. I got two. I got three. I got four. Come on, I need 10. Five, six, seven, eight. I need two more, two more, two more. Nine, 10. Bailey. Okay, come on down. Give them a round of applause. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Whilst they go do that, I'm going to give you guys five minutes to be ready. It's going to be the best Christmas play you've ever seen. Five minutes to be ready. Um, while they get ready, I'm going to explain a little bit about what is happening during this Christmas season right now. So if, if you haven't picked up on it, or if it's your first Sunday visiting us, or whatever it is, um, we are looking at Charles Dickens' book, The Christmas Carol, and that's what we just read from, and that's kind of the little excerpts we're looking at. And if you're not familiar with this story, it was summed up last week by Art Douglas very well uh, when Grant introduced this story to us, and it was summed up by Art, and he said, the main character, Ebenezer Scrooge, is a grumpy old rich guy who is a jerk. He is a jerk, and um, he is visited by his old business partner, who is now deceased, Jacob Marley, and Jacob tells him, you will be visited by three ghosts. So if you know them with me, say it with me. The spirit of Christmas past, 
the spirit of Christmas present, and the spirit of Christmas future. I was going to say to come, future, okay. Um, so he, you know, like uh, we, the excerpt Peter just read, he, you know, kind of was skeptical about it and whatnot, but then at the stroke of the clock, he gets visited by the spirit of Christmas past. So the spirit of Christmas past takes Scrooge down a timeline of his life. And he takes him several years back. And some of these things he remembers with a smile and with fondness. He takes them back to a time where he was best friends with his sister. His sister. And his sister is something he had a good relationship with her. And it's something that brings a smile to his face. He also takes him to a time in his past, in his youth, where he did not have a good relationship with his father. And his father basically didn't want him around because Scrooge's mother died during childbirth. So his father held this against him. And his father, it was a very broken relationship. Well, then uh, the, the spirit of Christmas past takes Scrooge to, to the time where Scrooge had a fiancé. He had a fiancé at one point, and he was in love, and he was just a different man. Well, soon enough, the fiancé realizes that Scrooge loves money more than her and will always put this before her, and she leaves him. So finally, after this scene, Scrooge says, I cannot take this anymore. I cannot take this. Uh, take me back home. I don't, I don't want to look at this anymore. So can you imagine if we had the spirit of Christmas past visit us tonight? Well, first of all, if it, you know, if it does, sorry, we didn't call upon it. Um, the spirit of Christmas past, what if it came to us? What would they say? Well, I'm, I was thinking about this, and what would it say to me? Maybe take me down some good memories. Maybe take me down some not-no-good memories. Maybe perhaps some things I've forgotten about. I wonder what the spirit would take me through. Here's where I could imagine it would say, Melody. Do you remember the day before your senior prom and you thought it was a good idea to perm your hair and your mom told you not to, but you did it anyway? Look at your face, Melody, and look at your mom. She's saying, I told you so. And then, Melody, do you remember thinking that dyeing your hair darker would fix the perm? But it did not. Melody, you are too pale for dark hair. Don't do that again. Melody, do you remember what a brat you were during your teenage years? I mean, look at your face. You're not even trying to hide it. You were such a punk. Melody. Do you remember telling your parents you were at an adult church retreat, but you were actually skydiving in Santa Barbara? <laughs> Do you remember jumping out of a plane thinking, oh boy, if I die, my parents are going to be surprised? <laughs> Do you remember? 
Wow, Melody, you have made some interesting choices. Maybe let's look at some better memories. Melody, do you remember the Christmas Eve where you and your family got together and took Bibles all through your neighborhood? Look at how your face was so excited there in the corner. You also remember that you almost got lost that day, but it's okay, it was in the name of Jesus. And Melody, do you remember the best Christmas Eve ever where the man you are now married to asked you to marry him on Christmas Eve? But Melody, look at your faces, you fools. You don't know what's headed your way. He is the coolest guy ever, and rides a motorcycle, and has long hair, but you can fix all of that. <laughs> That's some of the things maybe the ghost of Christmas past would take me down, right? <laughs> I need some water. Can I borrow your water, baby girl? Thank you so much. No more, no more. Just those things are fine. That's what I can say probably uh, with all my children in the room. Don't ever go skydiving, okay, four kiddos? Don't do that. Um, well, I'd probably love and hate this trip down memory lane, just as many of you would. There's some funny things about my past, right? I've just shared them with you, but there's also things about my past that are not so funny, that are not the best choices. There are some things about my past also that are wonderful and beautiful, but there are things about my past that are terrible and ugly. And whether you've been alive nine years, seven years, 99 years, whatever it is, you have a past too. We all have our own unique stories, our unique good, our unique bad, our unique ugly, our unique wonderful and beautiful. We don't really share the same experiences unless you have some family in the room and you share some history. But there is one story, one story that has everything to do with every single one of us in this room, and that is the story that we are going to hear today. Are you ready, stage moms? Are you ready? Can they hear me? They probably can't even hear me. Stage moms, you ready? Oh, I got a thumbs up. Okay, ready? Luke 2, 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree. Caesar Augustus issued a decree. that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quin, I can't say this, Quin, I can't say it. Say it, everybody. Quirinius, I even spelled it out phonetically here and I can't do it, was governor of Syria. Hello, Caesar Augustus. Everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth 
in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary. You might have forgotten Mary. (laughs) Go get her, go get her. (laughs) He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, there came a time for a baby to be born. The baby is born. (laughs) And she gave birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. We'll ignore that little part right now. She placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in a field nearby. They lived in the field and they watched over their flocks at night. Let's pretend you have sheep nearby in a flock. There you are. Okay. Uh, Where am I? They kept a watch over their flocks. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were... (laughs) It's okay, she can fly, she can fly. But the shepherds were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby lying. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels. (laughs) Praising God. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. These are silent parts. Praising God. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven. Thank you, angels. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. You're going to Bethlehem now. You're going to Bethlehem. So they hurried off. Sorry, it's me. So they hurried off. Oh, and then they found Joseph and Mary. They found Joseph and Mary. (laughs) And they found a baby. They found Joseph and Mary and the baby who was lying in a manger or perhaps his mother's arms. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning about what they had been told about this child and all who heard it were amazed. That's you guys, all who heard it. They were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. So the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which they had just been told. And scene. 
Christmas pageant. All right, all right. I love it. I think Ron wants to keep his, uh, his costume. Is Holly here? Holly, sorry about that if he's like, I'm Caesar Augustus today, wife. Uh, all right, so I know that uh, the kids are still in here, but I'm going to go ahead and let them go because they are about to have a Christmas brunch with their ever-so-faithful and talented teachers and helpers. Let's give them a round of applause. So kids, go, go tell it on a mountain. Go have fun. Go shout somewhere else, especially you. She's so funny, she's my daughter, and it's me, like she's me. But I'm like, just be quiet. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. And we'll uh, thank our cast in a second, but uh, what fun, right? What fun we can have while we look at this story of Christmas past. And so now we're looking at three stories. We're looking at three stories. We've heard about the story of Scrooge and his past. We've just read the nativity story that happened 2,000 years ago. And then we have our past as individuals. How do they connect? How do they connect? Let's take a look. I will tell you one thing and then ask you two questions. So what I want to tell you today about the past is that there is power in our past. There is power in our past, but I'm going to ask you, do you know it, and what will you do with it? There's power in our past, but do you know it, and what will you do with it? Let's give our helpers a round of applause. Thank you, stage moms. Excellent. So as we know from these three stories, and as we said earlier, there's all sorts of things in our history, the good, the bad, the wonderful, the terrible. And let's talk about the wonderful first, the things that we celebrate, right? They're, these are things that hold power in our past, correct? We celebrate birthdays, we celebrate anniversaries, we celebrate when certain things happen, we celebrate things from our past that are wonderful things, significant things, things that have marked our lives in positive ways. But there are also things in our past that do not bring fond memories, that do not bring a smile or joy to our face. There are things that have happened in our lives that have left terrible, lasting, sometimes devastating effects on us. Now, some of these things we may have had a choice about. Maybe it's a choice we made. But some of these things we had no choice about. Either way, good or not good, there's power in that past. And there's power in how that past shapes us. So now to my questions, do you know it? And what will you do with it? The first question, do you know it, is a simple yes or no. 
Do you know that there is power in your past? Maybe there's things that we do or we don't do that is shaped by this very power. A few months ago, I shared with you in this room that when I was 19, I got into a terrible car accident. A terrible car accident. Someone came out of nowhere and smashed me completely in my car in half from the driver's side. I was the driver. Somehow, I was left with no major issues. But it came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. And the noise that that accident created was incredible. If you've ever even been in a fender bender, you know that car hitting car creates a noise. So you can imagine the noise that I heard that day was deafening. And since then, it's been 22, 23, 24 plus years since, since then, as I came to find out, if some noise comes from behind me on the side, and I'm not expecting it, it can send me right into tears on the spot. On the spot. I didn't know it, but the past has left its mark on me. The past has left its mark on me, so do you know it? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. So that's the first part. But the second part of the question is, what will you do with it? What will you do with it? The power of our past shapes us with experiences we've had. Now, before you try and maybe think about this question a little bit, I want you to hear me on one very specific thing, and I'm borrowing this from another preacher. Whatever was done to you in your past that you had no control over, whatever that was, it is not your fault. It is not your fault. You had no control over it, whatever that was. You know, I used to be a social worker. I worked in um, the foster care system for the county. And many years ago, I would go out on late night calls, late night calls, early morning calls, whatever it was, and when I would get that child in my car or sit with that child in that home, whatever it was, I would just pray. May they know it's not their fault. May they know it's not their fault. May they know it's not their fault. I would pray and pray. And they wouldn't hear me, but I know that God could hear me. Whatever it is you didn't have control over, child or adult, Whatever it is you did not have a choice in, whatever it was, I will pray this over you today. May you know it's not your fault. May you know it's not your fault. May you know it's not your fault. I want to say that this morning to anyone who maybe has never heard that before. Mary maybe carrying something with them from their past that has not been prayed over or talked about or maybe even thought about in such a long time. But I'm going to ask you again, knowing that I have this in mind when I ask this, what will we do with the power of our past, the experiences that shape us? Well, we can do like Scrooge did. Scrooge chose to handle it this way. He said, this is too much to take, too painful to remember, I'm just going to ignore it. It's in the past. 
So our storyline could look like Scrooge. We could say, not thinking about it anymore. But it still has the power to shape us. We could end up like Jacob Marley, as Grant said last year, who came to warn Scrooge about his visit. And he said, Scrooge, I wear the chains that I forged in life. I made it link by link. I made it link by link. So we could ignore it. And that's where we're making the choice. We could ignore it and we could wear our chains and carry them with us link by link until the day we die. We could continue to live in anger and shame and fear. We could and we can live like this. You know, one of my biggest regrets that has no resolution to it, one of my biggest regrets is seeing someone in chains with no resolution here on earth, that person was my mom. My mom suffered a great deal from the very hands that brought her into this world. My mom was abused physically, sexually, emotionally, mentally. She was abused to the max. And she would share this. She would share this. Because as you'll hear in a second, she came a long way from that. But my mom suffered a great deal. She had such a hard life that at the age of 19, she wanted to take her own life. Now, my mom came to know Jesus, and you could say she had a quote-unquote happy ending. She came to know Jesus. She married my dad, who is the best man on the planet. She had four beautiful children, obviously. Right? She worked super hard, climbed the company ladder. She was vice president of an advertising agency where she worked. She was successful in many, many, many ways. However, her very painful past had power over her. And it shaped and it influenced things that she did do and things that she didn't do. Now, she tried to go to therapy. She tried but it was never really something she followed through with. She tried to move on on her own, but it was too painful, too hard. She relied so much on her own power and her own resilience that ultimately it abled her, it drove her to her decline much faster, much faster. My mom did not see the resolution here on this earth. And even though I bet that on the day she passed away from this earth, even though I bet on the day that she saw her Savior face to face, the embrace that she received, the warmth that she felt, the absolute perfection of where she is now, I, I wonder if she could have tasted just a little bit of that here on earth now. I wished she would have. But she chose to have her storyline kind of meet with Scrooge's storyline. It's just too painful. It's just too much. I'm going to ignore it. And I, I have not walked in those shoes, so I can't say that I would have done something different. But I wish she wouldn't. I wish she could have tasted a little bit of that resolution here on earth. 
So Scrooge, my mom, us in here, we could continue to live in anger and shame, shame and chains. Or we could have our past, our experiences, our chains meet up with the storyline of the other story we read today, the story of Jesus. From today's story, Luke 2.11, today in the town of David, a Savior, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Isaiah 9.6, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Matthew 18.23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Luke 1.14, he will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. Luke, he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Not perish because of our past. Not perish because we live in fear. Not perish because we live in shame. Not perish because we, look, we live in a place where we can't even acknowledge the things that have happened to us or the place we're living in or whatever. Not perish, but have life here, now. I'd like you to read this verse with me. Luke 2.11, today in the town of David, a what? A savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. In all our lives, in all our past, we share this in common. We have been given a savior. And this is part of our past and this wants to give us life now. Now. Life without chains, without fear, without shame. He wants that for us now. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're about to take communion. And we do this because we want to remember that a Savior was given for us. A Savior was born for us. We have something that is bigger than us. We don't have to rely on our own resilience, on our own determination, on our own understanding, on our own power. We have a Savior now. So I'm going to invite you uh, to the back and then to the front. Peter, would you do this table with me here? 
we have been given a savior. Hold your communion and we will take it together in a moment. Has everyone been served who wishes to take communion? We can bring it to you. Okay. This is something that was also done in the past. But we do it every Sunday, here and now, to remember we have been given a savior. Can you say that with me? We have been given a savior. His body was broken for us. Let's take the bread. Can you say it with me again? We have been given a savior. His blood was shed for us. Let's take the cup.
My friends, as I said, I don't know. I know a lot of you pretty well, but I don't know a lot of what you carry with you. I don't know a lot of your past, your experience, but I do know that you have a Savior. And I do know that there is power in that. Whatever your past is, live now. Live now in the freedom, in the love, and the peace that comes from Jesus. Does that mean it's going to be easy? No. Does that mean you're going to be perfect? No. Does that mean you're going to sin? Yes. There's no, bing, there's no magical wand. But there is a Savior who loves us and wants us to come to him time after time, time again. If you experience that, you can say amen because you know there is power in that.